God bless the flag we all beating our chest. When it's peace, it's the same old game, the same old players, same old names. My skin is my skin. My skin is my skin. Man, I ain't had that intro in such a long time, man. You are now tuned in to My Skin Is My Sin Presents, another episode of Intellectually Petty Radio, featuring the legend himself, Mr. Frank Nick. Can you hear me, King? Hello. Are you there, Mr. Frank Nick? Mr. Frank Nick? You should be able to hear me. All right. So let's see. Let me see. Let me make sure I can hear me. And uh, what I was doing, man, I was ta- I was talking to the people, and you were hearing me in the back, in the background. Unless that's Carlene, I don't know if that's Carlene. Uh, all right, yeah, bet. Okay, yeah, so we can hear me. I don't know who that is. That three two three number. Three two three. What's good, fam? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, it's Frank. Now. Oh yeah. What's good, player? What's going on, brother? I don't know. What's going on with the audio today? It is not working with me, I tell you. <laughs> oh, man, that's that black cloud I got over me, bro. It ain't you. <laughs> no, I ain't going to put it on that, bro. <laughs> uh, what up, though, man? How you doing? I'm chilling, man. Just, you know, chicken with the head cut off today, man. You know, uh, doing this Dilla Fest on Saturday out here in L.A. And, uh, you know. Just running around because I'm producing the show as well as performing with Frank and Dak. So, yeah, man, it's uh, you know, just running. Why, bro? Like, why? Why are you still carrying the Dilla torch? Um, I, I, the best way to explain it is that it's not. I get it. He's Dilla to y'all, but that's James to me. You understand? Got you. And uh, you know, I met that man in 1986, 12 years old. So I. Very, very young man, and this whole journey up until the point he passed and even after the point he passed has been about, like, a lot of what I do is what I learned from him. You understand? So, mm-hmm. uh, and then, you know, I'm ingrained in his family. His, his mom is my mom. His little brother is my brother. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it, it's bigger than just the musical side of it. That that's amazing, and I, I'm still in awe, you know, the places he's able to reach musically, and uh, so. But it's for me personally, not for everyone else, but for me personally, it's bigger than just the music. So, you know, the work I do, the things I do, it's not about money. It's just about paying homage to somebody who helped me and, and was truly my friend. Besides the whole music thing, you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's dope, man. Hey, I, I I hope I have a friend that's like that when when when, when it's my time. Yeah, you know, I mean, I I told somebody the other day, man, I, I'm I'm blessed in in the sense that I actually have friends that I've known for almost forty years. You know what I'm saying? And we can still link up and kick it. So, you know, uh, it's a blessing, bro. I, I don't I don't know how to uh to categorize it any other way. And and you know, I feel like you should honor those things if, if possible. And, you know, being a deal is kind of a unique situation in my scope of friends. You understand? Mm-hmm. Makes for these unique circumstances, I guess. Man, and you know what, man? And I tell people all the time, man, like, like 
I had no clue who the man was when, when he was with us. And and I was in Detroit, grew up in Detroit, born and raised. And and, mm-hmm. and they can't they don't they don't get it. And I'm like, well, there's Rock Bottom and then there's Jay Dilla. Yeah. And at the time, I guess he wasn't he wasn't flashy enough for niggas in Detroit. Well, no, 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 no. I mean, yes, but not not in the same way, not in the same manner. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Don't get it. I mean, don't get it twisted. The jewels and you know he was riding Lex trucks, Rovers, and you know the whole thing, big coats and the whole shot. Uh, but he was so much more into the music mm-hmm. that all of the other things that come with that, he didn't really have time for. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah, you might catch us rolling up tomorrow, but we're probably going somewhere to buy records or going to the studio or doing some work. Yep, we're going to go to, you're going to catch us in the strip club, but realistically, we go to the strip club so that we can go record a record after. You understand? So, mm. uh, uh, it wasn't it wasn't presented the same way. It, it didn't have the same Detroit kind of flash on it because yeah. ultimately, even though him as a person would have been a sore thumb and like you know a backpack audience, if you just put him in there just because the way he was dressed and the way whatever, his music was consumed and loved by that so-called backpack, you know, genre of hip hop. You know what I'm saying? So uh, he made a certain type of music. It was more soul music and, and not so much street things, even though he spoke about street activities. Because I'm saying actually, y'all me. was a perfect balance too, bro. You, you, you him and, and and Frank and Dank, like y'all content gave his beat that street vibe. Yeah, and that, I mean that was the goal for us because you know Slum had. Even though they talked about certain things, the way it was presented, it was a little warmer, a little more friendly. Yeah, it was a little more friendly and a little more, you know, it was just had more warmth vocally. We rapped over the same beats, technically, you know what I'm saying? The same type right. of beat, and it's coming from the same guy. But we did it from the perspective of, you know, kind of, I won't say street guys, but hood guys. You know what I'm saying? looking out as opposed to, you know, more backpack guys looking in, if that makes any sense. It makes complete sense, bro. I get it. What was your first rhyme? Oh, man. The first rhyme I wrote, uh, Persian High School in the lunchroom. Well, I I wrote it at home. But it was uh, maybe 10th grade year, so around 1990. Because I was a DJ up until that point, right? Okay. And uh, uh, T3 and Batin from Slum, we all went to high school together. Oh, and man, I'm sorry like, to hear you. I went to Persian. Yeah, you're funny. <laughs> what, you went to Osborne or some West High School or something? I, I went to, yeah, I went to Ford. <laughs> oh, you went to Ford. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, I understand how you Ford people <laughs> <understand. laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure, you know. You four people don't like us too much on the basketball court. At least not my years. Maybe yeah. after yeah, before. It was, it was my years. Yeah, 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 yeah you know. On the basketball court. 
So, I, I, but I used to love driving past Ford in my car. You know, y'all, <laughs> y'all had some bomb little ladies over there. Let me tell you. That that is true. That is true. Y'all did not. That, no, no I mean, well, <laughs> <laughs> we had a few, but they was hitting. They was hitting gems, bro. They was hitting gems. But yeah, yeah man. man. So, you must have been inside when I was over there. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, know man. I know, I know. It's all good. That's that good Detroit love right there. You know? Right. So, uh, <laughs> but no, it, it, in in the um in the lunchroom, and it was actually slum. They wasn't slum village at the time. I don't think. Right. It was right mm-hmm. before because Dilla didn't come to Persia until later. But uh, it was Batan and T three from slum village that was like, oh, because we used to be in the lunchroom, beat on the table, and because I was the DJ. I would usually be beating on the table. It was me and Batan's job to provide the beat. And then mm-hmm. Batan and T three would, you know, you know, spit verses while we had lunch or whatever. And uh one day they did this verse, they did this uh it's like a song they was working on and they both had verses and it was called Drop the Drum. And and it was like just on the whim, T three was like, Yo, Frank, you should write a verse to this tonight and spit it tomorrow. And Batan was like, Yeah, well, you should do it. And that's how, you know, Frank's the rap guy started. Mm-hmm. Just based on the homies and then I, you know, we wrote my little rap. I don't remember all of it, but, you know. That was the first one, though, huh? That was the very first one. That's what started it all off. And then, you know, I kind of went on a mission of just trying to develop. And, you know, my first real things that I let people hear, though, I should do voicemails, Right. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and for those you know, young kids, uh, those are recordings. Yeah, yeah, somebody those call and pick up the phone. <laughs> yeah, this is what that they is, hear. They call you, you don't answer the phone. Yeah, if you when somebody call you and you don't answer your phone, this is what they gonna hear. So exactly. Um, when I was in uh, a little bit of high school, but not so much. Like it was a little after high school. Uh, I used to uh, do. Uh, 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 record with actual vinyl kids, vinyl like the you know the place that they put on, the actual vinyl. I used to service clubs with new music from the record label, right? Oh wow! Now what? And I worked uh, with a big promoter in in, in Detroit, Mark Hicks, right? Yeah, I know. So, I know. Yeah, you know Mark Hicks. Okay, shout Mark Hicks. Mark, I used to work for Mark Hicks and service the DJs in the strip clubs, on mostly on the East Coast, you know. Uh, on the east side, Woodward and further east, right? Mm-hmm. And and I would uh, service the record. So when I would get all of this vinyl and cassettes and everything of all of the new stuff that would come out, and a lot of times, you know, with vinyl, when it's a single, there's an instrumental on it. So the first raps people ever really heard from me, I would take whatever the popular song, like I did uh, Busters Put Your Hands With My Eyes to See, I did... Uh, uh, One More Chance by Biggie, uh, and a couple other joints, right? Where I took mm-hmm. the beat and I took, like, whatever Biggie's flow was, his cadence and everything, but I changed it to, to the vocals to, or changed the lyrics to talking about leaving a message on my voicemail, right? Oh, and, and wow. So when you called, you would hear a beat that you knew. The flow would feel the same, but it would be me talking about leaving a message, right? And it got so crazy that Dank would call, and he called me and say, Frank, don't answer your phone, because then he would three-way a bunch of people and call them so they could hear what I did on the voicemail. 
That's dope. But we we go some wild, and like you know, and that kind of started with Dilla, because when Dilla first started crack, cranking out beats and shit, you know what I'm saying? Uh, that Dank would do that. He would get like two or three of his friends to get on their phone, call somebody on three way, and there'd be six, seven people on the phone, and call Dilla, and so Dilla could play beats for everybody. So was y'all was there ever like okay we a trash era for y'all, or was y'all just dope out the gate? <laughs> oh man. That's not something I can answer, bro. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll say I'll say there was a time when there was a learning curve. I would think, you know what I'm saying? When you, when you learn, but but <laughs> I don't know about the trash part. Uh, but <laughs> there was a learning time. But for us, because you know our situation was unique. Uh, Slum Village was first, right? They was the big dog, right? So they was they jumped out there first. So we had time to sit and learn and hone our craft and have them help us and all these different things before anybody ever heard anything from us. Like, Dilla was so crafty. Like, once he cracked into the industry and got slung straight and he was producer for Tribe and all these different folks, like, Frank and Dank didn't have no records done. We had maybe one or two records, but they were old and we hadn't really done nothing with them. And he was still, still people knew, like, the artists he would work with, he'd just be like, yeah, Frank and Dank. My, my guy, hmm. my group. So everybody expected us to have records eventually before we ever had records because that was just, we were lucky in that sense. You know what I'm saying? That we mm-hmm. had someone of his caliber and then some uh, a crew in the caliber of Slum that kind of believed in us and was going to help us out. You get what I'm saying? So, yeah, man, nah, uh, I don't know. It was a learning curve. I don't know about I don't know about trash time. It was a learning curve. And, uh, you know. Am I? Yeah. You know, I used to rap, man, back in the day, and clearly I was right. trash, or, you know, Sorry. this would be a much different conversation. Uh, right. <laughs> so I know. <laughs> so I know, oh. bro. For the, from a point of uh, 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 experience, you feel me? Yeah, um, work, work. Man, what, what, what's been the, the highlight thus far? Oh, man. I mean, that's tough, bro. Like, because I'm, I'm in a situation where, you know, all this, I give all of the, the things that I, like, even like this weekend, like, you know, this is a community event free for the kids. The venue holds 7,000 people, and they come in there to see about Dylan. You get what I'm saying? So, Still, to this day. Like, like, yeah, right now. Yeah, That's no, for crazy sure. right there. Like, you know, uh, every I travel every year doing Dilla tributes, as well as, you know, other shows and things of that nature, but every year there's that, you know what I'm saying? Like, he still has that presence, which is crazy, and we do the things we do to, you know, keep the legacy going, and, you know, I'm ingrained in it way deeper, like, speaking to what I said before, like, you know, J.J. Lamert, I'm running J.J. Lamert at this point, you know what I'm saying, for his mom mm-hmm. and okay. family that owns it, but, you know, the, the, the day-to-day work, you know, manufacturing shirts, coming up with designs and all of that type of thing between myself and, and Delicious Vinyl, you know, which is kind of my home label, does manufacturing for it. Between us, you know, we're doing the day-to-day to keep that going and make that work. And, you know, that's just another responsibility that I have. And it's cool because why I'm doing this. You understand? Mm-hmm. It's not, not to get rich. It's not to, to, to eat like that because I would be doing it all wrong if that was the case. I would have to, you know, 
you know, cut out a few more people and step on a few heads and knuckles and just be dirty. You know what I'm saying? Nah, this is clean and it's just it's just doing the organic. right thing. Yeah, it's an organic doing the right thing type of situation. So, you know, my heart I can sleep well at night. I know I'm helping out my man's legacy and, and doing my best I can for the family and you know. And you know, what more can I ask for? So uh, in, in that particular situation, because, you know, I signed up for this. It's not like I'm forced to do this or anything like that. I want to do it. And then to be able to do it and, 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 and try to achieve the right thing, I think, is the goal. And I feel like, you know, I'm doing that. Now, you know, a multimillion-dollar shoe deal for Dylan would be awesome, but, you know, I ain't going <laughs> to bank on that. You get what I'm saying? I think so, it's possible, though. And, and probably no, I, more, I would say probable. Yeah, yeah, no, and I, 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 I don't doubt that it's there. It's there, you know what I mean? And it just takes time to get to these things. You got to, you know, crawl before you walk type of thing. So, you know, and I'm and surprised I'm Nagash has not written, uh, reached out to y'all. Yeah? Mm. Like just, just, just off rip, that just seems like a perfect marriage. Both, both you know, Detroit-based, they make some quality shit. Right, right. You know, just well, you know. throwing that out there. Yeah, yeah. Y'all listening, man. You know, we we we, we open. We listen. Yeah, yeah man. You know, so it's just like a. I don't know. I guess it's just a mission that I'm on, and I guess when you're on a mission, you might as well be satisfied. It's 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 better because a lot of people on missions they don't want to be on. Man, I don't, I don't mind. I don't. Yeah, right. I don't mind the mission that I'm on. I'm good. You feel what I'm saying? Yo, and there's a big ass mural of Dilla I saw actually uh Sunday. Oh no, Saturday. Okay. I was in the city. Um on Holcomb and I forget the cross street. Yeah, I heard I gotta store. go see when I'm back in the D for sure. Matter of fact, uh I'ma uh inbox you to pick because I was like I'm like, damn, I'm about to interview old boy and this is just wild that I'm seeing this shit. I had never seen it before. Yeah, yeah. So I just sent you actually uh, the two pics that I I saw that I took. Okay, okay, yeah, I'll check some yeah. stuff. That's crazy. Yeah, I thought I just thought that you know, and and just just the impact, man, it's crazy, man. Oh, if if people, I know you got some new shit coming out, right? Um, I got I got I got things out. Everything is out right now, but yeah, I got some joints to tell you about. <laughs> uh, if they want to get in touch off, with you, how they do that? Let's get that out the uh, way. At Frank Nitt. Everywhere, Twitter, Instagram, and Frank Nitt at uh, on Facebook. Um, my Facebook though is like it's two pages: it's a fan page and then a private page, or like you know, like a regular page. And mm-hmm. I, I do most of my business and working on the regular page, but I'm all, I think it's up on on I can't get accept any more friends, and they stop you at like five thousand. So, uh, but Instagram, I'm there. You know, we can run those numbers up all they like. And Twitter, I'm there. You can run those up all you like. Uh, and yeah, so I got a book out right now. It's a digital book. It's an e-book. It's called uh, Travel Rap, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the book is basically about. I wrote the book for basically my guys like you that come from where I come from. Like, obviously, I'm from Detroit. So when I say like me, I mean you know the people I grew yeah. up with, and then those people in every other, you know mostly black city, and then for whoever that has a, a weird view of travel. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I, I feel like a lot of 
like when I first got into the game, like, you know, because of we underground hip hop, part of that when you get to a, a, a certain level or if it's about touring, is done out of the country, right? Yeah. I've, yeah. I've toured America. I did, you know, a 20-city tour in America before. So it's not like I haven't been here, but most of my tours and real extensive touring has been Europe, Pan, and China. You know what I'm saying? So I've been all over the world type thing, right? Wait a minute, you did uh, a show in China? Yeah, no. Uh, we did. I, I was there for like a month. We did Shanghai, wow. uh, Taipei and Taiwan. We did like crazy festival down in this little small town called Kim Dengis, all types of stuff, right? So throughout all that traveling, like I've been, again, I've been all basically all over the world, right? And, uh-huh. you know, just had all types of crazy things happen because I'm I'm traveling. Like I, I tell people all the time, I've never actually been on vacation. I've been all over the world. All the places people go for vacation, Paris, London, uh, uh, Berlin, all the European spots. I've been to Russia. Uh, I've been to Burma. You know what I'm saying? Uh, little small East European countries, Estonia and Slovakia. I've been all over the place. So are the groupies the same everywhere? They ain't the same, but they're everywhere. Let's just say that you can okay. find a groupie in, even in the smallest little country, country you'll never think. Yes, you can find one. <laughs> You can find one. Nah, I don't know uh, childish, man. I'm sorry. It is. It is. It is. But it's, I'm, I'm saying it's true, though. It's not like it's not like that. I mean, it's like I get it. I don't, I'm I'm uh I'm an old I'm an elder statesman in the hip hop thing now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't I don't I don't too much mess around with the group we love anymore. Like that's not that's not it's not even fun anymore at this point. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm just. I'm just more into, you know, trying to get the paper and do the business and, and get that right and make sure the people who love my music get a good show and, and feel they saw what they wanted to see. So, uh, but yeah, so the book, Travel Rap, is about that. It's about me being all over the world and seeing all these different things. But what I wanted to do, I didn't want to just, because it, it, it got some crazy stories in it, right, like about mm-hmm. things that I went through on the road from I'll mention a couple in a minute. But what I want to do is, like, give people, again, who's never experienced that and maybe even never thought about that because they grew up how I grew up. You know what I'm saying? Yep, you might yeah. have family a little down south or something, and, you know, when you get a little older, you might go as far as Jamaica or something. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. there's a lot of worlds after Jamaica that you can go see. Nothing wrong with Jamaica. Jamaica's beautiful. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I, I've been week. to uh, Windsor. Right. See, I, I lived in Toronto for four years. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it's, it's the world's out there. So what I did was give, like, travel tips, you know, just about being out of the country, keeping, in, you know, uh, in contact with your passport, and, and, you know, just little tips about things you should try to find out before you go. When you, if you're going to China, you know, find out customs and things so you don't get caught in a situation that you can't get out of. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and so it's tips and things like that. But every tip that I give, I then give a crazy story that pertains to that tip. Right? Okay. okay. So I talked about this. I'll give you a good one. It's, one of the tips is about knowing because on tour, you know, a lot of times when I tour in Europe, it's flights. You know, so you fly into one city, go do the show, 
next morning you go back to the airport, get on another flight, go to the next city, right? right Sometimes right. you get tour buses when you get a when it comes to a bunch of shows, you know, above fifteen, you, you end up with a bus, right? right? Or some type of vehicle to take you from city to city. And Europe is much like the United States in the sense that uh like you know, you can hop in your car and drive from California to Nevada right now, right? And it's mm-hmm. not, not it's not a border there or anything. You're just going to drive and you'll be in Nevada, right? Uh, right? Europe is like that, but it's from country to country that's like that. You understand? So, like, there's a city, one of my favorite cities in Germany, it's called Cologne, right? And it's right. only my favorite city because it's in Germany, but it's only an hour and, away from, an hour and a half away from Amsterdam by car, right? So... Uh, and I'm a I'm a, a chronic smoker myself, right? Like so, Amsterdam is one of my favorite places, right? So, uh, so you can hop in your car and just drive to Amsterdam from Germany. So you driving from Germany to Holland, no border crossing, no nothing, right? Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just hop in your car and drive an hour, and you can go to Amsterdam for the day and smoke your face off legally, and then drive back to Germany where it's not legal like that and be fine, right? Okay. No border crossing, no nothing. So, but, so you can drive. What I'm saying is, you know, two, three, four hours, and you can be in a whole other country where it's a whole other language, a whole other set of rules. You never know, right? So when you're mm-hmm. moving around, the tip is, you know, know where you're going, especially if you're driving. Know if there's a border crossing, you know, that you might have to go through or not, because a lot of times there's not border crossings. You can just drive into, into the next country. So on this particular thing, we had a driver, and it was just me and Dan. And uh, we asked the driver, hey, man, you know, uh, we're driving to this next country. Switzerland was the country. Is there a border crossing? Right? And he was like, no, you can just, we just drive straight through. Ain't no border crossing. Okay, cool. So now we was leaving Holland, right? Mm-hmm. So we had, we had a little... Uh, Let's just say herbal goodness, right? But because we wasn't crossing no borders, we wasn't sweating too much, right? So now, along the way, we riding. It's it's a few hours, so we riding, riding. Hey, man, you sure we ain't got to cross no border, man? Y'all good, y'all good. good, good. Okay, cool. So, you know, we we, uh, bless the peace pipe. Let's say we bless the peace pipe, right? Right, I got you. Inside the vehicle there. That's we nice. rolling and, and everything is beautiful. Everything is love. This is the tour life, right? We all ride, and then all of a sudden, traffic starts to get thick because before it wasn't really no traffic. You know, in Europe, especially in and around Germany and in those countries, you know, they have the autobahn and they have stretches where you can. There's no speed limit. You can drive as fast as you want, right? So, you know, people fly by you all the time, and it'd be like, you know kids, I mean, mothers in station wagons with their kids strapped in doing 140, gone, and they BMW, right? <laughs> so, so, we know, we tools along, everything is beautiful, bro, everything is beautiful. People shooting past it, and then all of a sudden, traffic starts to get sick and slow down, which is, I, mean, I actually had never seen this outside of the city, right? Like, being inside London, yeah, but once you get on the highway, it ain't like that. It's, it's pretty much empty. So, we're going, eh, and I start looking, and then I start seeing lights. 
and more light. And then, like, it came up, like, over the horizon. Like, it was just like a checkpoint there, right? And, man, when I tell you we rolled down the window and this big old cloud came out, now we trying to air off the truck before we get to the checkpoint. <laughs> we get to the checkpoint. Listen, they had, you know how they had the people, like, when you cross the border, they had the people in the booth right there to tell you to go or whatever? Yeah. And it was, and it was another guard on the outside. We, the, the car reeked so bad that the person in the booth didn't even say nothing. The, the dude was like, no, y'all go over there. <laughs> y'all go over there. <laughs> so, so they sent us over there, right? Like, so we go over there, and I, I don't, I don't want to be too long-winded with this. We get over there. Basically, bro, um, we had this, this this bundle of herbal goodness, and and we couldn't throw it out the car because it was seen. Right. Threw so, it. Because it's a rental van, so push on the shove, it was in here. We ain't got it, but it can't be on our person. It can't be in the bag. It can't be none of that, right? Understood completely. So, poof, do it, and it goes up under the front seat, right? Mm-hmm. From the back, we in the back of van, so we in the back. It goes right. up under the front seat, and you know, in Europe, the cars under the passenger seat in most cars and vans, they have like a utility drawer. It's standard in Europe, right? Mm-hmm. So we thought it, like, kind of went down into that drawer, right? So they pull us over. They smell the weed. Okay, y'all got to get out. So they take us one at a time into the building, right? So they take mm-hmm. a drive. They take him in the back. And he come out, and he look crazy as hell. He just got Because the way they got us parked is in front of a big picture window. So we can see from the van inside, and they can see from inside to the van, right? Right. So they take him. He come out. Like, when he went in, he was cool. I mean, because he felt like he's just a driver. He ain't did nothing wrong. I'm, I'm just working here, right? So he right. go in. When he come out the back room, he look crazy as hell. It's a foreign dude, you know. It's a German dude. Like, he, he look crazy. Did he there. speak any English? Yeah, he spoke perfect English, actually. Okay. Right? So he came out, and he looked crazy as hell. Like, his face just looked different, right? And he uh-huh. just sitting at the table just looking at the van, just looking at us with this crazy face. So he take Dank next. They go in the back room. He come back out, and his face looked just like the other dude's face. <laughs> and he's just looking at me crazy. Just everybody looking at the van crazy. I'm like, what the hell about to happen? When I tell you, bro, they took me in this back room and stripped the nigga down to nothing, so I was standing on the floor with my naked feet and told me to spread my cheeks and lift my sack, my nigga. When I tell oh, you, I strip search at the Swiss land border, at the Swiss border, bro, and, and they, they went through the car and... Grace of God, man, they searched that car four times. I mean, all the luggage out, everything out of the car, and they did not find the herbal goodness. They did not find it. Oh, we couldn't find it for a while. For that, for that shit. No, they could not find it. They went in and out. They went and got another dude who had a better uh, outfit on, like, you know, because the one bunch of cops had, like, green on, and he came back. He had on, like, purple or something. He was on some other shit. He couldn't find it neither. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, they could not, so they had to let us go. And then we drove in silence, first off, <laughs> all the way to the hotel. <laughs> right? And we drove in silence to the hotel. <laughs> and then, and then uh, you know, um, when we got to the hotel, it was like, yo, we could not believe they couldn't find it. That's first. So either one of those guys took it and stuffed it in their pocket and kept it for themselves, or it's in that van. 
He was in that van, bro. Best blunt I ever smoked. Best blunt I ever smoked. That blunt. Damn. So travel rap is is stories like that, with like a travel tip and then a crazy story like that. Some of them funny. Some of them just you know learning experiences and things like that. But really dope stories from all over the world, from Taiwan to to Bang to to Thailand to Russia to all of them. So that's available on Amazon right now. And, you know, if you ain't got a Kindle, you can get it on deliciousvinyl.com called Travel Rap. And then so I wrote the book. I sat here at my house and figured it out, wrote it and edited it and did it all myself. So it's all me, self-published and everything, right? Uh, so I decided to do some music with it. So I produced okay. the record. Uh, I produced the EP. I did all the production. Uh, it's called Adulting, Right. So yep. being that, again, I'm elder statesman in this music thing, uh, I made a record about being that, being an adult in this situation, right? And uh, Oh, man, shit was fire, too, by the way. That, that's, that's the, that was the first single. Produced by me, featuring uh, Bodney Applebaum, my uh, uh, soulful songstress uh, at large. And she, uh, you know, yeah, no, nah, man, that's, that's straight from, the, I, you know, I did that in my in my house and, I mixed, mastered, did it all. Like, it's all kind of, that's just like me. You know what I'm saying? So that's up on all digital platforms. You can get that. And then just last Friday, it just passed, we dropped a new Frank and Dank record. It's a single. Fire, fire. Called, called No Cap, uh, featuring uh, my man uh, Natago Larray, a, a dude out of uh, Switzerland. I mean, uh, Norway. And I did... Co-production on the track, me and, and my man uh, uh, Underworker, Underworker Music, mm-hmm. my guy Andreas out of uh, out of Norway as well. Uh, you know, we collabed on the track, so you know that work is out there. And like I was mentioning earlier, Dilla Fest this weekend is the big dog on Saturday, August seventh here in LA. Grand performances. It's going to be crazy with Talib, Ali. Frank and Thanks performing, LJ performing. We got Red Maddox from the world famous Beat Junkie. We got Daru Jones, uh, head of Trio, uh, live band for to, to back Talib with uh, King Michael Coy. I don't know if y'all are familiar, but super producer. Just uh, he produced on the, the latest Her record. It just went gold, and you know he did stuff for Anderson Pack and Dre, and a whole bunch of stuff like that. And, That's and, nice. And, and you know, so they got the trio going on. And and it's going it's going to be crazy. It's going to be a crazy outdoor event, big venue, seven thousand folks at home. Outdoor, you know, wear your mask, be safe, but we're gonna have some fun. Very very fire, very fire. Your man be walling on uh on uh Instagram too. Probably. <laughs> Who that? Oh well, yeah. He, he, hey man, you know you can't be messing with that man. He will let you have it. He will let you have it very properly too. He's gonna give it to you. But anyway. Hey, it's not, he takes it too far sometimes, though. I must have. What, what, you know what? One time I actually asked him, like, man, when do you have? When do you sleep, bro? Between shows, the podcast, all of this activity on social media, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like all, all the back and forth, and the, when did he say? I don't know, Frank. I just do it. I just do it, bro. So yeah, I don't know. I I, I could Frank couldn't be the one. It works for the nigga though. So shout out to him. No, no. It works. It works for him. Like he, he does his thing. Talib is one of the, you know, 
uh, busiest. Like he's one of the hardest working men in show business. If that makes sense, because he does a ton of things all the time and has time to go back and forth with these people. All right, so let me ask you this: you get yeah. you, you you get to do your own album. You can't rap on it, and you or Frank and Dank can't rap on it. But you can okay. pick all the artists and the producers. Oh wow! Who you fucking with? Man, it'd be a. And I'm, I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make it a little easier. You only get four of each. Four of each. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let me think about that. I mean, obviously the go. I could the go to would be Dilla, but I, I think we should probably exclude Dilla because that's almost an automatic, right? So let's say other than Dill. Okay. Right? Okay. Uh, I would want. Hey, who got John Spice? It's a, it's a bunch of new cats, but obviously, you know, because of my association to Dilla, you know. There's also a lot of pioneers, right? So I would definitely get one from Pete. I would definitely get one from Knox. Okay. So Pete Rock, Knox. Um, get one from Dr. Dre, right? And there's, 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 a, there's a second caveat to that. I'm getting one from Dr. Dre because I want him to mix everything. <laughs> you okay. Know what I'm saying? I um, got you on that one. So, uh, Dre. Not Pete Rock. Not Pete Rock, and and then and then and then I'll get something from like a uh, like a DJ Quick, or even 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 like a Terrace Martin. And I I mean I got a whole album with Terrace Martin. So, I would so like a, I would put an Apollo Brown in that. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, but you know, Apollo's a given. He's Detroit. Like, come on. I'm, I'm thinking, is, you know, I, I just got up on Apollo Brown this year, bro. Really? Yes. No, Apollo. Apollo. Apollo's been around. Like, you know, Apollo do his I, thing. Like, he, oh he, my he, god. He, he jump around and he, he be doing tours in Europe and everything. Like, Apollo be on this thing. You know? Yeah. No, he Apollo dope. But that's Detroit, that's a given. I was trying to, you know, of course, Detroit, you know. Oh, I'm going to fuck you, with the hometown first. Yeah, you keep with that. Again, that's like, of course, that's that's easy. That's the easy part. Like, for, for Detroit niggas, that's easy. I mean, most niggas now, most niggas now would pick Halibut if you're from Detroit. Yeah, but, but, you know, I don't know that that's necessarily my lane. That's it. But I guess I ain't that, making yeah. a record for me. So well then yeah, well then but then that changes everything because you know you can make whatever dynamic you want. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, and that's, I, would, I would not I, put Helliver and Apollo Brown on the same on the same album. No, no, that's two that's two different lengths. Extreme. That's two different lengths. They both yeah. go. Just two different lengths. So, exactly. Yeah, that's why I was thinking. You know, but yeah, no, come on, like. Detroit is easy for us, is what I'm saying. Detroit is because we got we got joints. We got whichever way you want to go. If I wanted to go that way, I could stay in Detroit. You you got the Nick Speeds and the Apollos, and you know. 
shit, I can go get something from Royce. Royce producing in this and denying. And, you know, it's a lot of joint, like, you know, in the lane that I'm in. Nick Speed is fucking fire, too. Yeah, Speed is fire. Yeah, like, I've been fucking with him since, like, seven the general early shit. Speed, and then, you know, you got you got some of the vets, young RJs of the world, and Black Milk, and, you know, we got joints this, so that's kind of, that's why I didn't say anything, it's kind of spoiled for us, you know what I'm saying? And then Fuck you that, can come over, and we, and we got <laughs> Ellaville, and we got, we can go another route. Oh, man. Although, uh, I don't, like, Helva is dope at it, but I think they, they treading into running into the ground for, mm. for the Michigan artists. Yeah. Like, like Vezo is clearly, to me, a level above everybody else. Yep. That's what I'm saying. And, and the beats he picked mm. are so Detroit, but different Detroit than, than everybody else is picking. Yeah. Like he got a lot he rem- actually it's like two shorts in Detroit. Yeah. With a better flow. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. And I'm an old man too and I fuck with I fuck with Bezo heavy, bro. I have been uh yeah. that rich rich off pints, I've been I've been I show up to work seven o'clock in the morning bumping that shit. Right. Look at it. for me, you know, I'm an old man too. Yeah. And I guess because I'm still ma- I'm, I'm making the music kind of fits in the lane that I'm in, but I'm also a, 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 I like to know what the city do, right? Yeah, I try to stay on all the things that's going on, and you know, salute to the youngest man. They get they get to the, the paper the way it's set up for them to get to right now, and you man. know from. And from the Sadas to the to the T Grizzlies to the you know Vezos to the you know they out there running and trust trust and believe that you know niggas like me and, and you know I would go further to say that you know those young niggas are probably more famous than me you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. and, and I got more years than them that's really about it you feel know what I'm saying but yeah. at this point the way it works the way social media works you know way things, promotion works, uh, those guys are probably more famous than me. Will, will it stretch out for 20-plus years? <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. They're going to have to, you know, find that because we had to find that lane. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It wasn't like, yeah. you know, and, and it's a decision you have to make to not kind of follow trends and kind of just stick to what you do. And, and try to, you know, expound on what you do, make it better. But, you know what I'm saying? So it's a, it's a, it's the way you got to play. And, you know, but now nah, I see, I see the young boys. They, they, you know, you got to, you got to salute that. Because I know where they come from. Yo, he, I got a really, I got a really dope plug for you too, man. When when you're in the city, man, let me know. Okay. So, the best, con- yeah, the best connoisseur on the planet. Okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm there actually, hopefully in the next month, I'll be around. Yeah, hit me up, yeah, man. If I, you know. Um, oh, boy. Hey, y- y- y'all got a joint that Kanye produced, right? Yeah, we do, yeah. How? Um, when Dilla was doing 
his solo album, label deal with MCA Records. Mm-hmm. Label called me that. When he got the deal, he signed up. Frank and Dank. Right? Mm-hmm. And the way we had it worked out, Frank and Dank would record and and drop their their album first, which eventually well was forty eight hours the album eventually mm-hmm. came out first. Uh and then Dillo was gonna work on his album. So we finished up our record and we started working on his record. So when he started working on this record, he was taking beats from, you know, different folks. It wasn't mm-hmm. just he going to his whole record. Because ultimately, our plan was to put a Frank and Dank record. We, we, we was going, we had, because, you know, we had label one. So we was going out around. We wanted to get 10 million. We wanted to get, we, we wanted to do it, right? We to mm-hmm. do it in Detroit type shit. You know what I mean? I and, uh, and it was the label like, well, no, you know. Maybe I should just, you know, let them do the whole thing. It's probably more what, you know, we want and what would be best for y'all. And, you know, okay. I mean, when, when the difference is, okay, you can give the money to these guys, you can give all the money to your homeboy, you give the money to your homeboy. Especially right. if the work is going to be the same, right? So, exactly. so that changed our album. It, it went straight back to him, and he did everything for that. So for his album, okay, since we did that for y'all, we're going to do this over here for this, right? And so he, you know, he he was down in um in, in, in uh, Virginia working with Knox. And you know, Kanye used to be in the city a lot. So he had family in Detroit. So we used to see Kanye, Kanye yeah, we see Kanye at the shelter all the time, right? And just kind of chill, quiet by himself there because that was the hip hop spot to be at. And yeah, now we see Kanye say, "Well, you know, not like that." And this is pre. Kanye being that Kanye, but was always cool and what's up, right? And then, of course, uh, Kanye, one of Kanye's close friends, uh, A.J. Key, uh, New York cat, producer, so mm-hmm. actually was cool, you know, one of Kanye's close friends, and he, you know, he was a big Dilla head, he big, still is, you know, a lot of respect to Dilla as the producer, blah, 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 right? Like, so Kanye was kind of always around, so when Dilla got big, he got a batch of beats from Kanye. Okay. And that was the one he picked. He was like, yo, no, we're about to do a mission. And we did it, but it didn't come out because I think TakeOver came out not too long after that. And the beat was very similar to the whole beat. Oh, wow. So, Dilla had did a song, because we did the song originally over a Dilla beat or some more kind of serial hip-hop shit, and then we said, let's take these lyrics and put them over this Kanye beat, and we did it, you know, re the verses, did the hook over, different, we did the song over, and, and when they dropped Dilla's album eventually, a couple years back, they dropped that as like a single kind of bonus track. Wow, you still got shit dropping from shit 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Yeah, and, it's, yeah. and it sounds like 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 you just did it yesterday. Like I I I will say, man, y'all got like a timeless ass sound, man, and it was just a, a, a perfect a perfect blending. I appreciate that. That was the plan, bro. That was the plan. I tell you, I tell you, like there was a lot of thought and, a, and 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 preparation put into what we wanted it to be. You know what I'm saying? Because we, we wanted it to rep the D, but 
has flavors and other things so that it could make something timeless. You know what I'm saying? But some hmm. timeless nutrition. So, so now you that, just that, randomly get a call from Q-Tip or somebody saying, man, I was listening to so-and-so, and that shit's fucking dope. Uh, something like that. That's what happened. Something like that. I mean, they met, and, and, Dilla, and, and Dilla, you know, they met Plum at, at a concert uh, in Detroit. Mm-hmm. But Ed Fiddler was playing for, because uh, Ed Fiddler was, like, that was like the first studio most of us started, like Slum Village, not Frank and Bank, but early Young Frank, uh, when I was in another group. And a lot of the fellas started at Amp's house. He had a studio in the hood, right? And he actually mm-hmm. taught Dilla how to work the actual MPC. So Dilla was making beats on different machines before. And then he learned how to work the MPC at x And then, you know, then he took off with that. But, uh, and Fiddler was playing for George Clinton. For Parliament. That's nice. That's nice. Parliament was on tour with Tribe. And during the tour, F was playing Tribe, Slum Village Records. Like, yo, you got to check these guys out. These are my guys. You know what I'm saying? They're from the deep. You know, they, they sound is more y'all range, more down y'all mm-hmm. street. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And you check this, they'll tell you the kids on the beat, crazy, and then this group. Just as crazy. Just, I gotta, so they, you know, throughout the tour, they hear it and hear it, and then when they got to Detroit, and had P3 and Dylan go up there. This was, I think it was either Silver Dome or it was out. And uh, they went out there, got on the bus, kicked it, chopped it up. Chip was like, yo, who made these beats, though? Like, which one of y'all make the beat? Basically. Got Dylan's number, which was his number to his house. Cell phones wasn't popping like that then. Right. And then uh, when Dylan, I guess when Tim got back to New York or wherever, yeah, he called Dylan's crib. Like, hey, man. Like, I got, we got to do something. I don't know what to do right now. We're going to do something. That's kind of how it started for Dylan, you know, kind of jumping into the mainstream. And, you know? So, yeah, man. That, you know, that's for all of them. All of them. No, what's the dumbest shit you bought? Um, I don't know the dumbest shit I bought. It's the dumbest shit I had to bought. Or, or the shit I should have bought. Like, I should I should have probably bought a house or two in a day over the years. You understand? Yeah. But I spent the money not, not really on... Like stupid shit, jewels, and I mean, don't get me wrong. I had you know, Cardi and Mink. I'm a Detroit nigga. So I'm a hatter. Right? <laughs> you know, gotta have the buffs. You're gonna have. I mean, listen. I had three, four pair. Like I had so many that I just don't even want them anymore. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like we rock. I'll take them. Go back and look at our old shit. <laughs> we in them shit. You know what I'm saying? And this was this was in the late '90s, early 2000s. We were in them shit. You understand? So. The meat coats, the jewels, all I did, I've done all that. So it's, it, uh, but it wasn't that. I really spent the most money being in places outside the country. You understand? Yeah. Like, like I, I would go, like I, especially when I was doing like my little solo tour, like I would go, and, you know, we're probably gonna do ten shows, but I'm gonna stay. 
in 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 Germany for a month, right? Mm-hmm. So usually we go through those ten shows, and then I can just take that bag and I can go home. You understand? And then I can save some, or maybe I could have bought a house or more, you know, a couple of cars, a couple of old schools in the back, and just had them kind of fitting or whatever the situation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I didn't spend that. I didn't take the bag home. I chip off the bag to make sure the family good, my son, my mama needs some, whatever I could do. And then the rest of this, I'm actually living in Germany for this six weeks. You know what I'm mean? saying? I got a yeah, flat. You can't, re- you can't replace that experience, though. No, no, no. And that, that, that's the thing. That's the thing. Yeah. Now, you know, somebody who don't understand that part, they're going to be like, man, you got to buy a house. What the hell? I don't have a house now. You're a rapper. Yeah. And I get it. But, you know, for me personally, Nah, there's things that my mind knows and seeing that you would never really, you got to really be on some shit to go ahead and do that. And it's not just one place. I didn't go to two places. I'm still going. The, 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 the month before the pandemic kicked in, I was in Europe. I flew to Europe for 24 hours to do a show. Like, literally, got on a plane from here, flew here, did the show, and the next morning got on a plane, came back here because I had shows to do here. Right? So, like, you know, like, I, I'm a Detroit nigga. Let me say that again. So, you know, would I want to have a nice crib off the water in Michigan somewhere and, you know, a couple of cars and whatever and have that kind of stable little homestead life? Part of me, yeah. Part of me, yeah. And I could have did that probably twice now. I, you know, cause I've been at it for almost 22 years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Probably twice now I could have bought that crib in a D and had a couple cars and just kind of been stationary until it was time to go to work and then go to work and come right back home. But I didn't do that. You know what I'm saying? I went from the D and basically I was in Canada for four years, in Toronto. And then from there traveling out, you know, going to China, going to here, going there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And when I left there, I could have said, you know what, let me go back to the D and do these tours and shuffle this money back into the D and buy this crib and have this piece of land, which is a good thing. I'm not saying something's wrong with that. And I probably should have done that, right? Mm-hmm. But, no, I didn't. I said, you know what, I'm going to go out to Cali and try to make the business connection. And, and, and I've been out here over a decade now. You know what I'm mean? saying? <laughs> you know what I'm mean? saying? You know, it ain't easy doing doing it the way I, I'm doing it because of certain things that I'm a grown-ass man, man. I, I got kids, or eight kids. I got kids, I got eight kids. You know what I'm saying? So I'm a different, I got a different view of it. There's certain shit I'm not going to do with certain things I'm not going to expose. And, and in the way the music shit works now, the music is almost a byproduct. Lifestyle is first. Fact. You got to be good. You got to be willing to expose that lifestyle. And the crazier it is, the better. The more records you're going to set, the more airtime you're going to get, the more TV time you're going to get, the more you're going to get pressed into the algorithms and YouTube and Instagram. Well, again, I'm an old school dude at this point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When I got introduced to, not when I became part of the industry, but when I got introduced to the way the industry worked, you know, it didn't work that way. 
And if you got to change, it didn't work. And I, and I get it. You got to change with the times, move with the times. Yes, I got a presence on social media, and I do digital music. I don't really be worried about printing them vinyl and that type no more because that ain't where it's at, really, unless the money's there to make it work for you. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. you know, it's a different time, but for me, it's a lot of things I'm not going to do that equate to that type of fame or that type of thing in this time. Right? So it's cool. I'll, for that, you know, I guess I don't have the house in the city, but I have flight miles out this world because I've been all over the show. You know what I'm saying? And, and instead of putting that money back in there, which probably would have been a good, great investment, I spent that money, you know, going to Burma and, you know, forming that art gallery in Burma. Who the hell does that? You know what I'm saying? Uh, I mean, you got to think about it, though. A lot of niggas waste money on shit that, that they, they don't even remember. Yeah. They got drunk yeah. at the titty bar and spent 50 stacks. Yeah, no. Goofy no, no. shit like I, that. I mean, like, you, get, you did some memorable me shit. Don't get me wrong. I spent some money on some titties now. I'm I've not, never I, understood that, bro. I'm the cheapest nigga on the planet. I have never been well, in you know, the titty bar. Well, you know, by the time... When we, when we did it... I mean, and a lot of niggas won't believe this. I mean, don't get it twisted. The girls and the nice bodies and asses and all that is awesome. Great for a young strapping man, right? (laughs) Okay. I'm not fronting on any of that. I'm not fronting on nothing. But I'm trying to be this guy that's trying to be all Frank old now, and now he's just going to be all righteous and, you know, holier than thou. And instead of, no, man. I understand the carnal side of it. I was there. I was a young man in the strip club. I started going at 18. I was going to the outcast, right? So, Ooh, damn, yeah. bro. Yeah, son. Yeah, this ain't, this ain't a game. It would be like, a, you know, a kid. Right, a like, I've actually been to, the, I've been to the cast a couple of times, man. Yeah, <laughs> man. Fucking wild over yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, it was wild in there, right? Like, so you... So, so, you oh know, I was going God. I was going to eighteen. Me and T three from Club Village used to go over there. Dylan and you know, that's where I met Trick Trick. Like, <laughs> like you know what Yo, what, wait a minute, did you miss I think you might have missed the dancery. No, no, we like... missed the dancery, bro. No, we missed the dancery. We used to go Damn. we started at the dancery when they had um the kids on Sundays from three to eight. Yeah. Oh man. That... Me, Dylan and Jack used to be in there every week, bro. A shootout tonight. Oh, it don't matter. Oh my God. It don't matter. I I I watched somebody get shot right there, right at the back in the dance floor at the back dance floor. I watched a dude get like the whole club ran to the front and it was me, the dude who got shot, and the shooter. Right there. Watch him pop that dude around the side door. Nah man. It's real I'm a Detroit nigga, bro. <laughs> Yo, hey, hey. Hey, we used to Yo, that is deep. <laughs> yeah, you had to. You had to. <laughs> the only thing that got us to pass is he was the hip-hop nigga. Because, you know, in a, in a dancery, they playing bass and booty music back then for oh my God. 90% of the night. And they would give us 15 minutes to play some Tribe and Busted and whatever, and we would get our, our little hip-hop dance on, and they kept that shit off and get back to the, the booty music. It's all. Yeah, man. Yeah, we need that two live crew, bro. Yeah, yeah, the two live had to be, and I get it. Because I wanted to be the girl, you know, too. It's just I, I happen to dance hip-hop, so let me get my little sweat on for a minute. Then we back to grinding on these girls. Yeah, I get it. I ain't tripping. And that's at 13, bro. <laughs> I mean, you know, 
That was a 13 to 18 crowd. Yo, because yeah, my my people's uh like I I grew up on West Seven Mile in Southfield, mm. but my mm. cousins I had some cousins that stayed on Van Dyke and Gratiot, and right. my other right. cousins stayed on uh on on Chalmers and Mac. Okay, yeah, no, I oh, was Chalmers so, yeah. and Jefferson. Well, not Chalmers, I was Je- uh, Marlboro, which is the next street over from Chalmers. Yeah, next street over. Jefferson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I was Marlboro. Shit, man. And Jefferson. It was literally like uh I don't know two blocks away from Jefferson. Yeah, yeah, straight up the block, yeah. No, no, but yeah. I probably, you know, I was there when I was, because my mother, I didn't move here. My mother moved here when I was, like, four months old, five months old mm-hmm. uh, to Detroit. And she she's from Pittsburgh, right? So mm-hmm. when I moved here, we moved on to the West Coast. We lived on LaShore. Uh, LaShore and um, right in, the, in LaShore, and I, I don't, I don't want to say Puritan, but it was right Period. Okay. Uh, uh, damn it, I can't think of the main street no more. But anyway, it was over in that on the west on the shore, and I want to say Joy Road, maybe I don't know. But it, over there it was West Coast, and mm-hmm. then and then we moved over to um, Chalmers, and then later on, like I was in Southwest Detroit, like the you know McGraw and Michigan area, McGraw and Livinois. You know what I'm saying, like. And those and like two different planets right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you know when we lived over there, it was like, you know, more like the immigrant space, where you know you had all the people from Eastern Europe and Spanish immigrants that just got into a co- the country. A lot of them didn't speak English. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, like you know, over there with the Mexicans. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, and then uh, finally, when I was probably twelve, when I was twelve. Moved over on Seven Mile and Ryan, and my family kind of still in that area now. Yeah. Wow! So I'm a Detroit boy until, until you know, until I decided to run out in the world, and now I'm I'm a world citizen. <laughs> so shit, you obviously like it out there in Cali, though. Nah, yeah. It's, I mean, the weather's beautiful. Weed is great. Uh. It's cool. It's a lot of different. It's different than home. You understand? Uh, but it's a lot of things that's alike, you know. But Cali wasn't a decision to go. It wasn't like, oh, I like Cali. I'm going to go there. It was like, hey, man, Cali's uh, good for business. And I'm going to go I there. I feel you. I feel you. And, and, and you know, I, right now, the business ain't done yet. I, I ain't done just yet. I got things I still got in play that I still want to do and things I want to artistically get off and pull it off, hopefully make that billion dollars off of it, but it's not whatever. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So it's things that I, I want to do. So it, it ain't, you know, but I ain't doing it for that. I'm doing it because, you know, I'm an artist at this point. I've done it long enough and without having the billion to be an artist now. You know what I'm saying? So. Uh, I'm sensitive about my shit. Ain't that what they say? But uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no. Um, you know, it's just uh, I'm here. Things that I still want to do is things that you know, being here in the action. It's, it's certain things you just can't be. In. It's like you can't. There's only a few places things like that will happen very randomly. Yeah. I'm saying, yeah. like, I feel you. Living here, being like I live, I had a spot in Hollywood. Now I mean, I'm in East Hollywood now, but the spot.
spot before was like really central Hollywood. And the things that would happen and the people that would show up, you know, being that you in Hollywood, it made it that much easier. You get what I'm saying? It's like mm-hmm. it's like uh like Jerobi from Travel Call Quest. That's my guy, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, everybody, rest in peace, Fife, Tiff, Shahid, they're my brothers. They all. And um, one day I'm at the crib just chilling, and Tribe was in town. It was like it was something. I don't know what they was in town for, but they was in town. And they were staying in Hollywood at the you know the old school prominent hotel, the Roosevelt. I lived the next block over from Roosevelt. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So that's dope. And I and I have a picture. Randomly, you know, the Roby's just kind of in my living room. Just chilling. You know what I'm saying? Like, random. Random as hell. It's only a few places things like that can happen, is what I'm saying. And yeah. where you can just walk in, you run into somebody that you don't, you don't know. Or, like, I don't know, it's a comedian by the name of Russell Peters, right? Uh, uh-huh. And, you know. He's a huge, he's an Indian guy, huge comedian. He lives out here. I've known the guy 20 years, right? Mm-hmm. I, met him, I met him when we were in Canada. Uh, my, that's my guy, one of my close friends. He's a super mega comedian, super mega comedian. Tell you mm-hmm. a quick story. And you know, he, he, he up there on that level where, you know, it's, it's literally Bentleys and big houses and Maybachs and, and that type of thing, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, and, and he's like a real normal, real chill down to earth dude. It's chill, like it's chill, and I've known him for so long that, you know, I can come to the big mega house to come over there and, you know, kick it with him or whatever. He might not be here because he all take care of something he'll be back. But, you know, Frank is you. Go, go in there, whatever. Right? So I pull up over there one day. He's chilling. And, you know, like he got, you know, people that work on his team, you know, DJ. So it's people that I know. I know all these people. Right? Hey, what's up? What's up? What's up? What's going on? And so I'm chilling. And I'm about to roll me up something and go in the back <laughs> and smoke me something. Right? Because I'm waiting on you anyway, so I might as well be chilling. And, you know, this house is beautiful. I'm chilling. This beautiful views, a nice pool. I'm chilling. Right? I go in the back. Slide the door, close the door. Grab my little thing about the light up. Out the corner of my eye, I say, somebody's sitting right there. I turn and look. Nigga, it's Big Daddy Kane. Oh, shit. Just on the cell phone, just chilling. Just chilling. That's fucking dope. He ain't there for nothing in particular. He's chilling because that's my homeboy is his is his homeboy too. It just so happened to be. Just that's chilling, fucking bro. dope. So now it's oh, okay. We are, bro. Okay, super cool. Think that he can. You know, I didn't tell him that Nick. You know, as a kid, I was at the Fresh Press when you came out of the big giant jacuzzi, nigga, with the bras, and I was there. <laughs> as a fan, I was there watching because I was. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was there. I didn't tell him that, but I, you know, but for me, I guess there's only so many places that type of thing is gonna happen. 
and just the people I've met just going to his New Year's Eve party. The things he's had me walk into, hit me up. Bro, I'm playing this club out here. How can you come out here? I walk in the back. It's Arsenio Hall and George Lopez. And you know what I'm saying? You kidding me. Nah, man. Nah, bro. Like, he had a big, a, I'll tell you something else. Like, this, and, it's, again, these are things that you can't, it don't happen here. And it goes back to the reason I'm here. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a big show, like a big, like a, a 7,000-seat venue, right? Sold out. That's nice. Jeez. All the homies trying to get backstage, this, that, third, right? Mm-hmm. On, that's, that's like a Friday or something. The Sunday before that, out here in another city outside of L.A., but not that far, like real quick, right? Uh, mm-hmm. He's doing a charity event, right, with, with Mike Tyson, right? Mike Tyson is home. Mike Tyson on my bucket list is somebody I want to meet, right? It's only a couple people, and it's Tyson and Eddie Murphy. Right? I've met <laughs> I've met I've met some some, some heavyweights. It's like, whoa, hey man, you're you. You know, from Herbie Hancock to Janet Jackson. Right? Whoa, 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 whoa. You met Janet Jackson? Oh yeah. Oh, you gotta tell me that one, bro. Uh, uh, I'll 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 fill you in. I'll fill you in. I'll fill you in. I can't tell a little hair. <laughs> <But> I, <laughs> it, it ain't nothing like that. It ain't nothing like that. It ain't nothing sexual enough. Nothing, nothing like that. It was just I'm, I'm, yeah, I bet. But uh, 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 what the hell was you talking about? Uh, the, the people you uh, you were talking about who you met. Um, y'all was talking about the fundraiser with Mike. I mean, you were talking about the fundraiser with Mike Tyson. Oh yeah, so check it out. So he said, "Okay, Frank, I got to do this Mike Tyson thing. Big show. I'm gonna hook you up, but it's gonna be crazy. You might have to ride with this person and come in on because everybody's going crazy for the big show." I say, "Bro, listen." I don't want to go to the big show. Take me to the charity event with Mike Tyson. You need hmm. to access to that one. Big show is cool. I've been to a big show with you. It's all, it's all good. I want to go over here with Mike Tyson. Right? Now, I don't even hmm. know that I will meet Mike Tyson. But I'd rather be at the Mike Tyson event. It's a weed event. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I yeah. It's a weed and charity event. So, you know, for the cars, the whole job. Right? <laughs> so, I go. Thing. And I'm in the back, you know, as usual, blazing away, <laughs> kicking it. So, um, you watch The Sopranos? Yeah. You know who Chuck Zito is? Hmm. Damn, it's been Chuck Zito was on The Sopranos. I can't think of yeah, his I'm name on it. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out which one he is. Oh, man, I can't think of his name on it. But at any rate, so characters like, like he's a big... Chuck Zito's a big guy. He's some guy he's known for his relation to the Hell's Angels. You know what I'm saying? And also mm-hmm. actor. Right? And it's like all these little MMA fighters around. Right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, because all these guys mess with Mike. Right? They got love and respect for Mike. So they all here chilling. So, you know, a lot of them, you know, especially MMA fighters, I don't really know what they say. But, you know, I'm getting schooled by certain people. Yeah, yeah. Champion. You know, okay. I'm chilling. So my homie come out, my homie Russ come out. Hey, Frank, hey, come with me, man. So I put my little blunt out. And I walk on to the back with him. 
I don't know where he's taking me to. We just inside this venue, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like backstage and all the doors is closed. So he just goes to a door and walk in. Now he's hosting the event. So I assume that this is probably his backstage, right? So he walk in and see him. And I hear him talking because he's in front of me. When I turn him into the door, it's Mike Tyson is sitting right there. Right? But not only Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson with his wife and his son. Oh, wow. This is his private time. Ain't nobody even supposed to be in here. But my guy is, that's Mike and him is homie. Right? Listen, when I tell you Mike Tyson said the most, the most scary, polite shit to me I've ever heard in my life, <laughs> this is the most scariest, polite shit I've ever heard. He didn't even say it to me. He didn't say it to me, bro. He, he, I'm standing there, and I'm listen, I'm not one of those guys that run up and, oh, man, I'm such and such and such and such. I'm not that guy. I know how to just chill out. Right? right. I, I, when I step in the room, I'm kind of off in the corner. I'm just letting them talk and kick it. And this this this, this man might start to say, uh, hey, bro, so, so who's your friend there? Nigga went, what? You talking about? <laughs> You talking about nigga face straightened up, his whole back straightened up? I was like, oh. <laughs> my guy said, oh, no, that's my guy Frank. You know, he, he works with Dylan. You know, he's a great rapper. He's an he's a, he's a, he's a MC, and he came out to support him. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, okay. Hey, Frank, how you doing? Now, pound with Mike Tyson. Get my little picture with Mike Tyson. Nice. Then I, you know, and then after that, we talking to, I'm talking to his son. You know, his son. A big, a big, like a big, he, he's younger. He's like probably 17 or 18, 16 or 17, really. He's big. He's like his dad. Big, stout kid, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and his wife is there. His wife's a doctor. so And, you know, he's laughing because, I mean, you know, I have a son as well. So we talking about sons and, you know, she's talking about how she be putting him in the head. Like, it was just, you know, just like camaraderie, just chilling. Man, Mark Tyson gets up, throws him in the back. And brings me a joint, bro. Now, here, smoke that, right? I said, ah, my day is done. <laughs> Mr. Tyson, man. this is it. You the man. I'm going to leave you alone. Get out your space, man. I appreciate you good to me. Family, thank you, bro. I'm out. Nigga, you talking about set? I'm set. All I got to meet is Eddie Murphy. I'll be good to go. I don't need to meet nobody else. I mean, I'm sure I will, but I don't need to. <laughs> I don't need to. Yeah, no. That's no. crazy, though, bro. But 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 things like that, I don't think can just happen. You need to be here, maybe New York. But I ain't. somewhat I experienced it like that in New York. I can't say that I had because that's where I met Jack. But it wasn't me; it was Dylan. I just happened to be with Dylan. So Damn, but you yeah, no, I just. Oh yeah, oh yeah, get it, get it. You know, it's, it's crazy. Like it's like she sounds like like how she sounds and looks on TV. It was like you know, because that's the only experience with her I've ever had is her on TV. And she's like right here, and it's just like she sounds like Janet, and it's just like it was weird. It's like sweet and soft, and just everything about a woman just <laughs> came out of her face. I didn't understand. I didn't understand. Like, yo, like, I was there. We in the studio, and I'm just like, okay. Like, 
they talking and cracking jokes, Dylan being funny and shit. And, you know, I'm stunned, so I can't even I can't even believe he's making control jokes to Janet Jackson, right? Like he ain't making just Janet Jackson controls. So this nigga doing control to Janet Jackson, bro. I had to turn around and just stare at the board because I would have been staring at her, and then it would have made him look weird, and it would have made you know what I'm saying? And we was there with Q-Tip. Q-Tip introduced me. Right? Because Q-Tip was in the studio. It was crazy. We was in New York. And, and he just kind of called to come to the studio. And when we walked in, Jane was sitting there. Because he, he wanted Dylan to meet Jane. That's crazy. So, yeah, no, no. It's, it's uh... It was it was some next level there. Like I've never like you know how typically a woman to say, Okay, let's say that everybody has a preference, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody likes certain things about certain people. Like me, I like a girl with a big smile and big lips. Right? Mm-hmm. That's just what I like. So uh but sometimes you find girls that might not be like, if you look at them in the face, it might not be what you would pick for yourself, right? Mm-hmm. But it's still something just really, really, like, sexy or attractive about it, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe even out of the girl you would pick for yourself. But still, you can't not acknowledge her, the sex appeal that comes off of this woman, Right? So women like that, like Janet, like exudes for well, at least at the time. I don't know about now. What recent? This was years and years and years ago. But that time, I guess it like came out of her. Like, well, you just as a man, you just like, oh shit, okay, <laughs> all right. I'm gonna look over here because I'm gonna look like a stalker if I don't. Like, so I'm gonna stare at the board. That's what I did. I stared at the board. So I wouldn't like a stalker, bro. <laughs> like, you know, I'm here with my homie. Like, I'm here on his path. Like, I can't embarrass him, too. But when I tell you that that woman there, that woman had to come out of her, bro. I see why she had a secret marriage. <laughs> whoever whoever the, the secret marriage husband was could not take it. We're going to get married, girl. Fuck this shit. I was, I'm trying to keep you forever. So, yeah. You know, things like that don't happen in your everyday time. Like in Detroit, there would have to be a lot of a lot of jockeying for something like that to happen. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, it would have to be something uh, just a huge ass shit going on, and then yeah, 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 once yeah, in a yeah, lifetime yeah. type shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you out there well, in Cali, you know, it's every Thursday. Yeah. And, he, and there you go. And, and like, and, and, and even with the Janet thing in New York, it was literally me and Dylan was going to get food. It wasn't even, you know, it wasn't part of, it had nobody mentioned it, it possibly might be happening. No, it was a friend. Hey, man, what you doing? You free? Give me a cat, come over here. And that was that. That's so, you crazy, know, bro. Damn, bro. You done had a fucking life, man. Hey man, I, again, like I said before, I, you know, I'm blessed, man. I can't, I can't say that, you know, that I have any regrets in doing music, doing life would have looked really different if I had chose other things. 
Absolutely. Really I know cool. the feeling. I'm really cool. And I know. So, you know what I mean? I'm not going to take up too much of your time, too, bro. I don't want to get, get greedy. But, let me no, ask you one thing. Totally, totally off topic. Did you see the verses? Yeah. Well, well, pick and pieces. I ain't watch the whole thing. Because I was, you yeah. know, in the middle of being a promoter myself. But, yes, I oh, did yeah. see the verses. I did see the verses. And, listen, let me explain something to you. Uh, there's only a few people that I listen to everything they do. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's not a lot of that for me. And I think part of that is because I actually make music. So you don't want to get and end up being like this person because you just ingest it so much. Right? But I'm right. I'm a one I'm one who keeps my eye on things and not acknowledge and you know, I'm not a hater. Even if I don't like a record, I can't hate on the numbers. Numbers don't lie. You know right. what I'm saying? Even right. in my type of my cup of tea, numbers don't lie. And you know, um dipset got some hits. Yeah. They got hits. Man. They got hits. And, I, and it's not, you know, they ain't always my cup of tea. You know, they, they, they New York Harlem <laughs> boys. You know, I, I, I'm going to be more unpolitically correct than you. Generally speaking, I've always thought Dipset was trash. Okay. Okay. See, see. Well, there you go. But, but here's the thing. They, but they got some big records. But they got hits. They got, they got hits, right? So yeah. when I heard yeah. they was going to go up against the locks, right, when it was the locks, and then when I seen kind of the Instagram kind of, you know, pre-back and forth where it was kind of making it, you know, battles, you know, it's a battle. This ain't, you know, it ain't friendly warfare. This is battle, right? Not that it was going to be beef, but, you know, we're going hit for hit. We got the one, right? So, Man, that energy so, so is going to be off the roof, for, yeah. off the hook for both of them. Yeah, so the energy was, was like that. It was that type of energy. It was that type of time. And when I start to analyze, I'm a I'm an analyzer, right? <laughs> so when I got to looking at it, I'm like, okay, okay, Dipset got hit. But the locks? People don't take into account because it's locks and it's D-block, and I get it. The locks started with Puffy. And then they went to the Rough Rider. So that means they got hit all about the Benjamins and then Rough Rider anthems, too. Like, you know what I'm saying? I mean, but you know what, though, man? They, 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 no, it was the performance. No, no, I get that. But I'm talking about they got some monsters. They got Mariah Carey records. Like, they got Grammys and all. So numbers don't lie. Personal things, whatever. But it was a little bit of a mismatch based on numbers. Let's just say that. And then, and then you're right. The live performance, you know, they, they you know, the whole – New York hip hop thing. Uh, you, you can't be out there over your vocals over every song. You gotta, you gotta, you know. It's a lot. It's a lot to it. And 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 the locks treated it like a regular show. They didn't treat it like, you know, kind of a TV spectacle. Man, you understand? They treated yeah. it like a show. So they they. I mean, I was just telling my my, my homie uh, one of the lines. Well, the Jada kid said, "I'm not gonna repeat it," but oh. Them freestyles was hard, and, just, and then you know he's rhyming over who shot you. Like they, they just, they just, they just, they just went, they just went. Which you know, I guess, but I don't know. I, I don't want to, you know. I'm, I'm trying to be politically correct here, 
I don't want to say Dipset Lost. I, I, I am not. I just want to Dipset Lost. I just, I just, <laughs> I just want to say that Dipset was in a mismatch. And, and the sad, well, the sad part about it is that the only reason they lost is because of their arrogance. They just like, mm. you know what? We got hits. You know, like they was they was thinking of of the verses. You know, when they first started, when they were people yeah, were performing, when, when they were just playing their songs. Playing twenty songs, they twenty biggest records. Yeah. Exactly, and the locks changed the whole game on them. Like they were mm. so flawless mm. as 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 performers. I mean, mm-hmm. from like, 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 uh, and I was saying this earlier. There's one part where, where uh, I think it's Ghost. Uh, he's they doing his song, and Jada Kiss is not even. He got his back turned to him, and he is spitting every line, mm-hmm. every word of Ghost shit, like it was his mm-hmm. own shit. Mm-hmm. You wasn't seeing that with, 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 with Dipset. You yeah. know, like just the energy. The you could tell the locks is that. Them niggas love each other. Yeah. The dip dipset got paid together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I can you see know, that. Because I'll tell, like, tell you something crazy. Like, uh, a lot of times I rehearse songs. Like, when I'm taking showers, I let the, mm-hmm. my songs that we perform play. And was doing it, and I, the, the water was in my ear. I couldn't even hear. And it was dang verse. And mind you, these are the acapella, so I mean an instrumental, so there ain't no words in there. Mm-hmm. But I picked up on the beat, and I knew that verse. I started with that, you know. I picked up and, right. and finished that verse out to the chorus came in. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, no, I understand that part of, of knowing your partner's rhymes and, because it's all y'all music. It's y'all music. You know what I'm saying? Man. There's a love affair with it. So, yeah. And, then, and, you know, maybe they ain't for everybody. Everybody don't have a passion for it like that. Yeah, man. And and, and I think that was like if Dipset had have given half the energy that Locks did, the cohesiveness, it would not – it would have been a totally different story. You know, because they, they was playing songs. I'm like, wow, they, they did do this. They too, oh, wow, they did do this. Like they yeah, had – They had hits. They got, they got joints. Like I can't even front again, you know, whatever – Personal feelings aside, they got joints. So Man. you know, but locks, locks, locks got some shit. And then old yeah, boy yeah. fell off the stage. Oh, who fell off the stage? Jim Jones. Oh, see, I didn't see that part. Oh man, my God, bro. Well, let him tell it. He dove off the stage because his ring fell off. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, okay, all right, all right. I didn't see that part. Yeah, I didn't yeah. see that part. I don't want to do yeah. it. I wanna... Yeah, I happened to see it. I didn't see it. You know, when I when I was watching it, I I I guess I didn't watch the last ten minutes or something. I don't know. Uh, but I happened to see a clip of this shit today, and I was like, oh wow, that's cool. <laughs> and I seen the clip of him talking about it, and he's like, yeah, man, I I didn't I didn't fall off the stage, man. Y'all tripping, man? My ring came off, and I dove head first. Okay, bro, I saw the footage. No, you didn't. Mm, all right, all right. I don't want to yeah. see the footage. I'm gonna avoid that footage like the plague, bro. I don't want nothing to do. <laughs> sometimes you gotta just take the L peacefully, you know. Respect. Yeah, you know, yeah. You, sometimes you just gotta quietly bow out, and then you know. But everybody, yeah, you know, everybody ain't going to do that. And, you know, and maybe he lost his ring. I don't know. I first don't know. I ain't seen the video. <laughs> and I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. 
Oh my you know God, you do, man. You you kind of do. I'm gonna say off the internet for a couple days just for that. <laughs> 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 you know it, bro. Yo, you know it. oh, and, and why JD can say tell uh, this part I did not hear. Somebody, I'm, I'm quoting somebody off the internet. I'm quoting mm. a lot of people off the internet, but they said. uh that Jay the Kiss told, uh, what did he say? I know some niggas that went to jail to get their teeth fixed and then pointed yes, at you else. Yes, he did. And I saw it. I saw that. I saw that. I said, oh, I think that's probably around the time I turned it off. I was like, oh, oh, no, man. I got, I got dealing with stuff I got, I got work to do. I'm promoting the party this weekend. I got to go do some work. <laughs> I Yo, to man. Work. <laughs> oh, Lord. so petty. Like, well, Jadakiss you know, is the pettiest thing in the That oh, is New York God. hip-hop. That is New York hip-hop at its finest. At its finest, let me tell you. But, Damn. yeah, man. But, yeah, I saw it, most of it. Well, not most of it. Bits and pieces. I saw bits and pieces. See, man, Detroit needs uh, Rock Bottom and the Cheddar Boys. If we could, If we could honestly do that, that would be so dope. A versus between those two, just for Detroiters. Uh, man, because from for my money, man, it, there is Big Hurt is the goat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can see that. You know, that's just I my. That. I, mean, I, try, I try to, I try to tell niggas outside of Detroit, and they, oh man, you, you, you idiot, you stupid. No, bro, like you ain't grow up in no. the city. You don't know. Yeah, no, like I, I explained to like you know, Detroit as a music consumer, we lucky because we get. A little of everything, we get everything. But also, we have a whole hometown thing of our own that we get, and we bang. It's not harder than we bang the stuff from outside. You know, the difference is people from outside of Detroit can come and and live real good in Detroit because we're very hospitable to out of towners that don't uh, go against the rules. You know what I mean? So exactly, yeah. <laughs> If you can, if you can, you know, get past security. Now, uh, once you're in the city, as long as it's all love, oh, Detroit is a beautiful place to be. But, but like, you know, for a, a guy to sell a record for hip hop, you know, as long as you can move around proper and not get yourself in too much trouble, nah, you know, the ladies is beautiful, the food is good, you know, it's 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 a nice place for that. So facts. You know, but but on the flip side. You know, we have a home, homegrown kind of thing, and, and, and you know, ours are the people that the streets love and the D love, and especially you can, you know, probably the street love to the radio love to the, yeah, no, they biggest stars is the dudes coming in. So, you know, Detroit is special in that. It's special in that. And it's a double-edged sword because it's the same with Dilla being, you know, a polarizing figure in the world. And not that he's he's not recognized at home, he is. But it took a little while longer, you know. He yeah. he, he got street in some town in Paris, named after him. I mean, some town in France. Hmm. hmm. But he ain't got one to see. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I say, he he wasn't uh he wasn't you know like he may have had stuff, but like his music wasn't flashy. Mm-hmm. He just made yeah. timeless shit that people didn't realize at the time how timeless his shit was going to be. 
You know, and, and then, and it's, I mean, you know, it's, he wasn't, he wasn't a, a talk about it type of guy. He was exactly. More doing the, and that's one so, thing about Detroit niggas. We, we, we kind of going to tell you what we're doing. Yeah. No, that, 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 that's definitely going to tell you. You definitely going to know what the hell is going on. And he wasn't right. like that. He wasn't like that. You know? <laughs> no, he, he wasn't like that at all. Well, like, on first, he wasn't like that, no. Like, you know, yeah. like, niggas had to search. Like, when we first, when the bread was up, and he was, you know, producing heavy and doing all this stuff, and we was hitting bars, you know, the, the street niggas had to, you know, go out on the street and do their checks to see where the money was coming from. Right. For us. Because he wasn't, okay, this thing ain't in the places I'm in with, you know, with this money getting fixed. So where this money coming from? And then when they found out he was music, oh, okay, it's all up. But he wasn't going to tell you. You had to do your research. But it was serious, because certain people knew. Like, you know, we got pulled over by some cops that pulled us over to ask him what the UMA meant, because he mm-hmm. had UMA, who was the name of his uh, production company with Q-Tip and Ali Shahid, right? Right. And he had a license plate. And, you know, 20-something black dudes in a big electric truck when they first dropped. Big boy, gold packaged up like crazy. Old twelves in the back. We banging down the streets. Just nuts. We look nuts out there. Cops <laughs> flip the lights. And then roll up to the side of the window and say, hey, man, what that Uma mean? Dilla don't say, oh, that's my production team. He tells them what it actually means in fucking Swahili or whatever. But Because, you know, because of what the music represents. 
You understand? Like his music said something different than Detroit. Facts. You know what I'm saying? Right. The, well, Absolutely. It's like the, 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 the street and hood mentality that comes with Detroit. His music says something a little different. And not even just his music, the artists he worked with and the music that they make, all that says something different. Didn't that. Man. So, I get it. I get it, but that don't mean that he didn't go through it. That don't mean that we didn't go through it. That don't mean that, you know, we ain't, we ain't, we ain't know what it is. We just approached it different. How we were willing to display it. But, you know. Shit, I'm not bad at that at all. That's the, wise, that's the wise move. Yeah. You know, I think it was all for a reason. So, yeah, no, nah, man. I, I, again, I don't regret none of it, man. You know, I, I, good life growing up. You get to see the good balance, bro. From seeing niggas when I'm 14 being shot in the club to, you know, uh, being in Burma with a driver and living on the, uh, uh, I'm staying on the Royal Estate. You know what I'm saying? I take it. I'm sure, I'm sure most of us would. You know, you know what I'm saying? And, so and salute to you, man. I appreciate it, bro. Like you know, it, 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 and it's for me to tell. It's for me to talk about. It's for, it's for you know other guys to see. Uh, yep. You you can do it, and you ain't got to lose you. You know what I'm saying? Mm, stay true to yourself, man. A lot of people uh, can, can lose themselves trying to find it. And, you know, or, you know, letting other people define who they are. Exactly. Exactly. I'm not, you know, I don't really do that. That's not really my thing. Uh, you know, I, I'm okay. Well, if ain't nobody told you, bro, I'm proud of you. I appreciate you, bro. My mama tell me all the time, but I appreciate you. <laughs> hey, man, you got to take those. Oh, I take it. I take it. Well, I take it, you know. It's not. It's definitely not. We don't do it as much as we should. Man, as a, as a whole. Know, I learned that the hard way last year, man. Rest in peace to my parents. Shout out to yeah, y'all. Man. Yeah, man. Now, um, but I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna let you go, bro. I know you got a lot of shit to do, man. Let them know one I more pre- time what you got coming up this weekend. This weekend, Dillard Fest going down August seventh at uh in downtown L.A. at uh, uh, Grand Performances, California Plaza. Gates is at 6 p.m. Going to 10. We got Khaled Fali, DJ Redmatic, Frankie Thanks, Billy Day, and Live Trio with Daru Jones and, 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 and some other great musicians going down. And yeah, man, go cop that uh, new Frankie Thanks. Call No Cat. Go get my book. I told you it's one story. You got a story for free on here. Uh, travel Rap. <laughs> All the stories is just as good as that. Uh, and, and, and then, you know, check out the rest of music that goes with it. It's called Adulting All Online. It's your favorite little spot. And, yeah, man, you know, Frank knitted all the uh, all the social media. And, yeah, that's it. Well, definitely appreciate you, King. And hopefully this ain't the last time we have a conversation because I thoroughly enjoyed it myself. That's what's up. No, man, let's do it. Whatever you need, brother. Just holler at me and we'll, we'll make it happen. Oh, I got you. No doubt, man. Um, And when you get back in the city, uh, let me know, man. I got you. know, I'll hook you yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. I'm on your heels, dog. <laughs> hey, as a matter of fact, uh, have you t- heard of uh, Turtle Pie Company? 
Oh, I think they out there. Matter of fact, they out there on the West Coast. They in the Bay. Though. Yeah, we had this CEO on. Uh, I had this CEO on was last week, last week or the week before. And, yeah, uh, I'm gonna put you on. Shout out to my people's A1 Selections uh, for connoisseurs only. Uh, go check them out on, on, on Instagram. Uh, yes. Make sure you follow my Instagrams. Uh, my skin is my sin and the number one and intellectually mm-hmm. petty radio. Yes, sir. Uh, no doubt, man. Uh, other than that, man, it has been a beautiful conversation, man. Uh, man, keep doing your thing, bro. You're already a legend, man. Just, 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 just keep us informed on what you're doing, man, and I'll help in any way possible. I appreciate you, brother, and you stay up and have a good rest of the uh, day, evening, morning. I don't know what time it is right now, but, uh, <laughs> but all right, for sure, bro. All right, now, uh, peace to you, man. Tell the family I said thank you for uh, loaning, loaning you to us for a few hours. All right, for sure. Thank All you, right, bro. Well, I appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> peace out. Okay, for sure. Peace. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.